Welcome to the Wish I'd Known Then podcast, where we focus on how authors found success, looking at strategies that have taken them to the top of the bestseller charts, as well as what they've learned from their mistakes. Because being an indie author is more than knowing the latest marketing trend. It's about being innovative and creative and learning from your mistakes. Welcome to Wish I'd Known Then podcast. I'm Sarah Rosette. And I'm Jamie Albright. And this week on the show, we have Amanda Trailer. Yeah, we do. And it was so fun. Yeah, we talked about thrillers, something we don't yeah. normally talk about as often as like romance and yeah, crazy yeah. history. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's <laughs> so, that so was true. Yeah. It was fun. And it's unfortunate that we don't record this because Amanda's gorgeous and yes, uh, like the video she look yeah. good on camera, but yes. I don't right now. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we don't want the pressure of recording video. But um yeah, yeah. it was really good. And it was. Um, we talked to her about like all the normal questions, like mm-hmm. what she wishes she had known about writing a craft. Mm-hmm. And she got a book back. She licensed a book to a publisher and got mm-hmm. that back. So we talked mm-hmm. to her about that. Mm-hmm. And what else? And it was a pretty quick like turnaround thing. I think that's yes, what's interesting, her. you know, that that she she lost she had had a baby, she licensed the book, and then it wasn't like it wasn't going gangbusters and she really felt like she could do it just as well. And she took the initiative to try to get it back pretty fast. And uh, I, I admire that. I just think that's really hard. And we talk about that. Um, I like how she just talks a lot about, because she did have a master's and she was a good writer Mm -hmm. and, you know, she knew she was a good writer, but taking that and putting it into a commercial market, yeah. Um, yeah, it takes some tweaking. The, yeah, yeah, she took the difference talks, between like writing an essay and writing yeah. for academia versus yeah. commercial fiction. Yeah, which so is it was really very good. different. Yeah, mm-hmm. so it was really good. So yeah. that's coming up. Yeah. Um, let's see. We have a new supporter. Yes, this we do. Week. So thanks to Jean Marie, and yes. she picked the Red Heart to go yes. with her. So, well, thank uh, you, Jean Marie. Write, she might write romance. I think, <laughs> <laughs> or she just loves us. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> So thank you to her and to all yes. the other supporters. It's, right. We love it. We're so happy that y'all are supporting us and want the podcast to, to show your support for the yeah. podcast. We love that. We love it. So yeah. what's been going on with you? Well, I think I'm rounding the corner for the Shopify store. Yay! Getting, yeah, I'm getting there. And I learned that there is an app that will take care of all the, take care of UK and European sales tax or the VAT. Oh my and gosh, so, really? Yes. And it's a, they charge a, a small fee every uh-huh. time, you know, they have to do a transaction that uh-huh. they'll take care of. But for me, I'm like, I'm totally fine with that because uh-huh. I don't know how to do it. So anyway, so I got that installed yesterday and um, I think I have most of my books up and getting ready to launch, like turn it all on yeah. see if it works. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so that's good. So that's pretty much all I've been doing is that. And just like, you know, catching up on all kinds of other little knit noise right. tasks. But right. so, yeah, it's like, this is why I love me. Sarah. She's always trying the new things. <laughs> and then she tells me if they work. Yeah. So that's awesome. Yeah, I'll let you know on this store. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So what about you? What have you got going on? Uh, not much, not much. Um, I, um, I've been on a health journey over the last six months and um, have lost about 40 pounds. And well, I have lost 40 pounds. 42 and um, went to the doctor this week to get my blood work and it was all great. And so I'm really happy about that because my blood work was not great <laughs> last year around this time. So, um, and, you know, I, I just felt like after everything I went through and, um, you know, yeah, getting good. healthy is the best, the best yeah. idea. Yeah. So that's good. Uh, but I did want to address something and um, we get from Buzzsprout, we get like an email from them that just is like our ranking and everything. And that came through and, but at the top, it had a review, which I don't even, I didn't even know. <laughs> Honestly, I didn't even know we had reviews, but this review them obsessively, no, right? <laughs> no, um, this was not a good review. Uh, it said that it, they love the content, but they were sick of me talking about my grief journey, which totally fine. You have the right to feel that way. Uh, however, our brand from the beginning is to 
talk about what's going on with us and just be real. Um, and so if you, you know, you can always skip the intro, uh, cause yeah. that it's not going to change as far as us telling what's going on in our personal lives, or you don't tell as much as I do, but we, we do, yeah, tell. But we, do, we, share. do we do share about things. So, um, anyway, I'm not like, I was initially super embarrassed, like, you know, that shame button hit. And I was like, Oh, I've ruined the podcast, but I just know that, you know, that was one review. There may be people that feel the same way, but, um, there's the, the amount of emails and text and messages I've gotten, you know, saying how much it's helped other people. Um, you know, I know that that, that evens out, but, um, I just, I guess I just want to say that certainly you're entitled to your opinion and we'd love it if you continue to get the information from us, but we may not be the podcast. So if we're not, that's fine. And, um, but things are probably not going to change because this is who we are and certainly who I am. So, yeah, well, we, we intentionally set out to share and, you know, not hide things and it Mm -hmm. would be strange. Mm -hmm to try and put on a front mm-hmm. and we don't want to do that. Mm-mm. So I don't yeah. have the energy for that. Either, so. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not that good about a lot actor. of editing. Yeah. Involved. Yeah. Yeah. We yeah. There would be a lot of editing. <laughs> Alexa would hate us. So anyway, I just wanted to say that and um, love, love our listeners. If you don't agree with us, we've always said, you know, totally that fine. we are not the authority we're, we're learning just like you guys are. Um, but this one thing is probably and it just just the brand itself is that's just who we are. So yeah, yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. So we do have one more thing. Yeah. That I wanted to mention this week. Mm-hmm. Um, Greta and Megan's Kickstarter mm-hmm. is going on, mm-hmm. and so um, I'll put a link to that in the show notes. And it's the um, Kickstarter preparing to write. So if you just yeah. search Kickstarter for preparing to write, that'll be in mm-hmm. there. So yeah. I think they're doing great. And they have a podcast out this week, I think, with um tips that they've got from all other different kinds of writers. So yeah. I'm go listen to that. That's on my list. I haven't listened yeah. to it yet. Oh, speaking of podcasts, I just listened to the Selmore Book Show uh this mm-hmm. week while I was walking and they were talking about how t- it looks like TikTok's gonna become an imprint of them, you know, of their own. Very weird. Uh, I love, you know, I love Claire Taylor. I think she's the (laughs) smartest person in the world and she is hilarious. She she just sees things so clearly and, you know, where I might go, that might be a good idea. She's like, no, that's a horrible (laughs) idea. So, uh, and she's got good reason to think that, but um, so that was interesting. And then also Claire, and we talk about it in the, in the interview, but she does talk about how, we should be willing to be bad at something so that we can learn it. Um, because when you're first learning something, you're not good at it. And, you know, but you don't really learn anything until you get, till you practice it you until you're bad at stages. it and you get yes. better. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so uh, I just thought that was really super interesting. And I, I love that. And um, yeah. So um Listen so that's to them. Big news. So TikTok yeah, it's pretty is, big news. Is yeah. creating their own book imprint. Yeah, because of book talk, which okay, you so know. they want to mm-hmm. release books mm-hmm. and which is going to sales yeah. off of those books. So yeah, and we don't mm-hmm. know if they're going to sell them or if they're going to um, direct them somewhere else. I can't imagine that they would no, direct them anywhere either. else. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, y'all can listen to that. And then they had an article that they referenced and I was walking, so I didn't have time to write it. I mean, I couldn't get it down, but they reference an article that um, kind of talks more about it. So if you want to mm-hmm. know more about that, you can listen to them. So they are probably yeah. taking submissions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> probably, probably. Oh my goodness. So anyway, yeah, that's what's going on with us. Um, All right. Well, yeah. We should get on to the interview. You ready? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm ready. Okay. Well, here is Amanda. Well, today we're really excited to talk to Amanda Traylor. How are you, Amanda? Hi, I'm great. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, we're so glad you're here. Um, and I'm glad to see you. Uh, we haven't gotten to see each other. I know. Uh, it's been much. a while. Yes. Yes. It has. We met in Chicago. 
Yes, for the first oh. time. In two, to, 2019? 2018, I think. 2018, yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. I used to do, you know, a conference every other day, and then I had a baby during the pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it turns out it's a lot harder to go to Vegas with a They do tend to slow you down just a little yeah. bit. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, let me, uh, let, you're going to read her bio? Yeah, let me, let's read okay. your bio, and then we'll get Because, you know, questions. I forget, we've only done about three years of these uh, episodes, I and I forget the order. So. <laughs> but we're all good now. <laughs> so here we go. Amanda Trailer writes deliciously twisted suspense and thrillers designed to keep you biting your nails all night. She grew mm-hmm. up in the San Francisco Bay Area, but now moves around the country like a nomad with her real-life hero of a husband and their toddler daughter. They currently call Colorado home, where they live in a giant country house and begrudgingly battle snow. That's really hard to say. <laughs> begrudgingly battle snow. <laughs> it's even harder to live, I'm sure. I was going to say, I'm glad I'm not shoveling snow. <laughs> yes. Endless winter this year. So, ugh. Yeah. Y'all got a ton of snow. Oh, so much, so much. Yeah. So would you call what you write domestic thrillers or are they more just um, straight thrillers? You know, a little bit of both. Um, Mm -hmm. I do have a few that are straight domestic thrillers. Mm -hmm. um, And then I have some that are really more on like the murder mystery side Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. that are, they still really have a lot of those same elements, like small environments, small towns, Mm -hmm. real settings and things like that. Um, And then I do have a series, a six book series that is really more of like a high stakes thriller series. But it's female led. Um, There is still a lot of that interrelational kind of, um, dynamic that mm-hmm. appeals to the psychological thriller and domestic thriller mm-hmm. audience. So it, you know, they're, they're a little bit different, but they do all kind of blend together. These days mm-hmm. I'm definitely writing a bit more of the domestic suspense. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, tell us how you got into writing. Um, <sighs> well, when I was four years old, I, pulled <laughs> <out of luck. laughs> um, I, you know, I am one of those people who I can say, like, I always wanted to be a writer, even since my mom will tell stories that even when I was a little girl, I would tell story, I would tell her stories and be like, write this down. Um, and as, so as I got, you know, into my school years in high school, I actively started writing. And I think I started writing maybe my first chapter books around 10 and started submitting work to contests. And, um, so, you know, I really always did have the dream. Um, mm-hmm. I, went into college kind of wanting to be a writer, not having no clue how to actually do it, but I majored in English and journalism and, and really kept, kept working on my creative writing, but it took me a while. I mean, I was in my late twenties before I really got the confidence, I suppose, to write an actual like work of fiction, to write a novel and Mm -hmm. put it out into the world. I had written some terrible work, you know, in my twenties that probably shouldn't have gone out into the world. So that's right. what I waited. But um, I finally, I think it was, I had gone to grad school and I had written a thesis and it was like 400 pages and I published it. And I thought, well, if I can write this boring thing um, <laughs> and make it work, maybe I can actually write a book. So yeah. I did. And then, you know, rest is history. <laughs> that's right. That's right. What year was, when was that? Um, I very, I published for the first time. It was like December of 2014. Oh, okay. So that's pretty early. Yeah. 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 So it was kind of early days of, of indie publishing. So mm-hmm. um, I didn't do a lot the first couple of years. I admit, mm-hmm. like I put out like one book and then it was like a mm-hmm. year later. So I wasn't, I didn't really hit the ground running, um, mm-hmm. but I did start to get, you know, like put my toes in the water. That okay. early. Yeah. Nice. That's yeah. great. Yeah. yeah. Well, what is your definition of success? Um, I think it's tiered for me. I think, of course, the the first layer of it would be just to write books that people enjoy. If I can entertain mm-hmm. people, if I've written something quality that meets people's expectations and helps them waste a few hours and lose a little sleep, you know, mm-hmm. I, I feel successful in that. Um, second tier, of course, is being able to financially contribute to my family. Um, I'm lucky I'm a you know dual income household, so it's not all on me to support everybody, but being a meaningful contributor you know, really matters to me. And then of course the real definition of success will be when we retire to an Italy, you know, an island. <laughs> my husband can just, you know, lay on the beach and, um, that's great. And also drink wine all day and it'll be fabulous. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I love I the tiers, the tier retirement. Idea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that you have to measure success in steps or else mm-hmm. you might go crazy. You know, if you have mm-hmm. these lofty goals of what success is, you may never get there because you'll get really discouraged. Mm-hmm. 
Mm. That's just me anyway. No, that's wise. Very wise. Mm -hmm. Well, what do you wish you'd known about writing and craft when you started? Um, Writing and craft. I think that it evolves. um, Mm -hmm. So as I was sort of saying, I have someone who I can kind of say I've studied writing and practiced my whole life, really. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I can say with confidence that I, you know, I went into this as a good writer. Like I had mm-hmm. won a contest. I had been graduate student of the year, you know, things mm-hmm. like third party accolades that give you the confidence to say like, yes, I can write. Um, but it doesn't mean that your writing won't evolve as you grow as an artist that mm-hmm. you may learn. You're going to learn for the rest of your life how to improve. And you also just may discover a new voice or a new style. And, and that's okay. I don't think there's just one way to do it. And I think mm-hmm. as someone who kind of had a, a traditional like English major background, I kind of went into it thinking like there's only one like, you know, classic way to write. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just not obviously not true. So, right. so yeah. I guess maybe the question is, what do you wish you'd known about writing thrillers? Isn't, isn't that different? Than, it is. Than um, like, I wish I had known, like, I think this applies to commercial writing in general, because I even started out sort of writing romance um, in some YA. Like, I had tried a few things in the beginning. Mm-hmm. I think I wish I had realized um, that being a great writer or having a master of the craft doesn't mean you can write a commercial thriller or a commercial mm-hmm. thriller at all. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, writing an award-winning essay, right? Literary essay <laughs> in college is not the same thing as mm-hmm. penning something that people want to read in a commercial setting. Especially these days, I think people have shorter attention spans, things are snappier, you know, commercial fiction moves faster. Um, And I think we've all seen those books that have risen to the top and you're like, but the writing is so bad. Um, Kind of the snob in you wants to to tear it down. And um, so I think what I wish I had known and realized is that there's just being a good writer is important, but it's only one part of the Mm -hmm. puzzle. You you have to understand the market. You have to Mm -hmm. write a story with a good plot Mm -hmm. um, that moves along. um, you know, you have to have compelling characters. You have to have compelling characters, right? So there's there's many things that go into it. Mm -hmm. Um, So just being a good writer doesn't necessarily get you where you want to be. Yeah. Yeah. I would tell my younger self that. (laughs) What'd you say? I would tell my younger self that. Yes. Yes. I know. Wouldn't we all? Yeah. 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 Well, what about marketing? What do you wish you'd known about marketing? Um, That it's impossible. You know, I think that there are a lot of people who are very successful at marketing and they are so generous in sharing that information with other people. But I think one of the things I wish I knew early on was that just because this particular way worked for person A at that time, it doesn't mean it's going to work for you the next yeah. time. Um, every situation is different. I do think there's a certain amount of luck and timing that goes into marketing. I think there's best practices. And obviously we know that there's certain things that that percentage wise work, um, mm-hmm. but the industry changes every day and mm-hmm. Amazon changes its algorithm every day yes. and meta and Facebook and, and just the market's um, appetite changes. So mm-hmm. just because this thing was hot a month ago, doesn't mean it's hot now. Right. Um, and, and so I think that having some patience, I got really frustrated trying over and over on some of these methods that a lot of the great, you know, teachers of our industry mm-hmm. were putting out there. And I'd be like, I just don't understand. It's not working for me. And finally I had someone just say like, sometimes that's just the way it goes. Like Mm -hmm. sometimes a method that worked for somebody just isn't going to work for your book or you. Mm -hmm. It's timing and it's the, uh, just the dumb luck of it sometimes. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I I hadn't done that. Yeah. To try new things. Like I think sometimes we're so convinced that a certain method will work that we um, bang our heads against the wall just a little too long instead of just pivoting to try something new. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Convince mm-hmm. yeah. it's going to work. But yeah. yeah. Especially if a lot of, if you hear a lot of people having success in certain, whatever it is that's mm-hmm. hot right then, it's really, sometimes it's hard just to try it. And if it doesn't work, just say, okay, that didn't work for me and move on. Sometimes it's hard because right. we tend to want to like keep tweaking. And, mm-hmm. and there's so many factors too, when you think about like, you got your own personality, what your readers like, yeah. the market. There's so many variables. So just because it worked for somebody doesn't mean it. This the pattern isn't always rep- replicatable. Yes, so, absolutely. Yeah. That's a yeah. great way to put it. Yeah, yeah. I, I I wish I had known that because I might have kept my mouth shut about something. <laughs> 
Oh, Jamie, we all love it when you open your mouth. Charming <laughs> things come out. Said my <laughs> husband. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Oh gosh, that's funny. Well, what assumptions did you make at the beginning of your writing career and looking back, did they turn out to be right or wrong? Assumptions. Um, that I was going to blow up immediately. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> we well, all have that assumption. Right. Mm-hmm. I think we all have that. We all have that. Yep. Dream. Um, yeah. I think it goes back to a little bit what I was saying about the craft just being one part of it. I think that I assumed that I didn't necessarily have anything to learn mm-hmm. in that area. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, well, I'm a master of the craft. And this sounds, I'm, this sounds really snobby of me, but I'm saying this through, through the eyes of reflection and, you know, mm-hmm. understanding mm-hmm. my youthful error that I think as a younger person, I um, assumed that just because I had like the proper education in the area, that it was going to be all I needed. Um, mm-hmm. And I also didn't, I mean, people tell you how difficult this industry is, but I don't think you really know how difficult this industry is until you mm-hmm. get into it. Yeah. So there were a lot of assumptions I think I made about how things were just going to go. Mm-hmm. Um, because you hear these, you hear these success stories and you want to be one of them and that's great. Um, mm-hmm. But like, like when I first started out and I was like, querying agents. And I was like, well, you know, I'll send it a couple out two weeks later, I'll get a, you know, I'll mm-hmm. get an acceptance and then two weeks later, we'll have a book deal. Like that's just how it's going to go. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's just like the movies, right? Yeah, <laughs> It doesn't, it doesn't. And there's so much you can't control. I think that's what makes this this business and probably any creative business. Um, I think about the music business and stuff. I mean, there's yeah. just so much you cannot control. Um, and because the people making decisions, their decisions are so subjective. You know, it's it's based on taste. It's based on timing. It's based on whether they had their coffee that morning or not. Absolutely. I mean, what kind of mood are they in? Mm-hmm, exactly. We have to remind ourselves too, like we're consumers and mm-hmm. we've all picked up a book that we just weren't in the mood for mm-hmm. and we didn't enjoy it because we weren't in the right headspace. Right. Mm-hmm. And then maybe you've picked it up later and been like, oh, actually, I really do like that or, mm-hmm. or something. And so I think we have to remind ourselves that art is so subjective and what we do is art. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. 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 I mean, we, we treat it like a business because, yes. you know, we are independent business people, but, but in the, at the end of the day, it is art and yeah, people treat art in a weird way. And sometimes they're not very respectful of it. It's a unique business where people will go online and just slander you for like, Mm, yes. Why? Why? What did I do to deserve that? (laughs) Right. Exactly. Exactly. It can't, you sometimes have to have a really thick skin. Oh, like, yeah. I think know, always. To, yeah. I think always. And, and if you don't, then, you know, you have to either protect yourself or mm-hmm. develop it. I mean, and it's, I've found out that I, or the way I look at it now is a lot of times the reviews tell you more about the person that's yes. reading, the reader, mm-hmm. than yes. it really is about the book. Yeah. You know, I mean, sometimes that's the case. Yeah. But, yeah. They didn't have their coffee. They didn't <laughs> that's have right. Their I think, you know, like when you first put a book out, I think the reviews can sometimes be helpful yeah. if you're hitting yeah. a mark or, you know, you're getting in front of the right people. But yes, yes. A lot of times you get that one star review and you're like, oh, you just had a bad day, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And it's even worse if it's on somebody else's book, describing um, somebody a book that, you know, that you haven't really written and you're like, whoa, wait a minute, that's not right, which is yes. super <laughs> frustrating. Yes. Yeah. Well, what's the most important lesson you've learned, do you think? Um, Most important lesson I've learned. That I, I do think that kind of piggybacking of what we were just saying that mm-hmm. this is a business and it's a really hard business and mm-hmm. that you have to, you have to take, which is so hard to say because we're so personally invested in our work, mm-hmm. but you do have to divorce yourself a little bit from the outcome because if, if you take everything personally in this business, you won't survive. Because mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. people are like we said, like reviewers are mean, like mm-hmm. it's constant rejection. I think whether you're pursuing the independent track or the traditional track, you're either going to be getting, unless you're lucky and I hate you, um, you're just <laughs> gonna be getting tons of rejections in the beginning. You're going to get books that just don't sell. You know, if you're an mm-hmm. indie, you're going to put stuff out there and it's going to flop. Um, and, and it's just really hard. Like success is really hard in this business. You're, you're like an entrepreneur, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. all businesses fail all the time. All the time. Yeah. yeah. 
no matter what the industry is, right? Like startups fail left and right. Restaurants fail. Um, So Mm -hmm. I think you have to just remember that and that it's not personal. It is Mm -hmm. the market. It's just the timing or, you know, maybe, maybe it is your craft needs improvement Mm -hmm. or you need to improve, but you have opportunities to learn and grow and you don't fail until you just quit, you know? So you just have to keep trying. You have to be willing to pivot, learn from your mistakes, you know, Mm -hmm. be tough. I mean, yeah. It's hard. I mean, we all have breakdowns, right? I've, yeah. I've cried over botched uh, book releases and bad reviews, but yeah, you get back up, but whew, they are hard. They are hard. Sometimes you're crawling back up. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. You have to have a hand up. Yeah, yes. exactly. Well, like in terms of your thinking about your business and then also like writing your books. Have you had like a, like, have you had to change your thinking on that? I know we talked about like thinking, well, I know how to write, but I guess what I want to know is how have you changed yeah. your thinking on that? Cause I know you had to make that pivot. Absolutely. I, yeah. I think part of it for me was um, realizing that I am not necessarily my reader. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. I have yeah. A very, like, I have very specific tastes in movies and books mm-hmm. and, you know, I can be eclectic and out there and the things that I'm into are not always the things that the mass market is into or my yeah. readers are into. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in the beginning, he was like, write the book you want to read. You know, I got mm-hmm. a lot of that advice in early mm-hmm. days when I was going on writing workshops and things, mm-hmm. write the book you want to read. Well, mm-hmm. That's great, except it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to sell unless you're writing Marvel movies, you know, I mean, or you want to read Marvel movies. So Mm -hmm. learning to that you are not your audience and that you need to be willing to make those changes to see what your audience wants to read. Um, Mm -hmm. So it, and it may be something that you don't necessarily like. Um, Mm -hmm. You have to change your voice. You may have to change the themes. Um, You may have to roll it back. I mean, I learned that a lot of lessons when I was first starting out writing, trying to write romance. Mm -hmm. Um, I wasn't very, I wasn't successful at that because I couldn't follow the tropes. And I kept Mm -hmm. saying, yeah, but there are people out there like me who like it when you break the tropes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a couple, but not many. <laughs> uh, most people want it. They want it for a reason. We have a very small group. Yeah. Like, so just being, you know, really having to learn that if I want to sell to my audience, like mm-hmm. I have to understand the market mm-hmm. and understand my audience. So. Yeah. And I think you have to be able to make that choice. Like uh-huh. you don't, you don't have to, I've said this, I, I say this all the time. You can go out on that limb and do your thing. Yeah. You just may find you're out there alone on that yes. limb <laughs> without an audience. And so, you know, you just have to decide what it is you're willing to compromise on. Um, if, if you you know, if your idea of what you want to do and what the market wants you to do are two different things. Absolutely. Or if you can find a place to meet in the middle, that's the perfect. And I give, so I give this advice to a lot of people. So I work, um, one of my other things that I do is, um, I'm on the board of directors for the San Francisco writers conference. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, um, it's very much, the conference is very much geared toward aspiring writers. They, so they've maybe written a manuscript or they're trying to write a manuscript and they don't know which direction they're going. So I'll get a lot of questions about, you know, what to do and where to go. And there are a lot of people who are still, cause they're early days. They're still very much like heels dug in the ground, married to this very specific plot or type of writing or thing often say, well, that's great, but it may not sell because of X, Y, Z. and they'll be like, well, I'm not going to compromise my artistic integrity. And you're like, that's great, but mm-hmm. please don't quit your day job if that's the case. Yes. Yeah. Um, and exactly. so I think that's, that's, like you said, Jamie, that's the choice you have to make. Yeah. 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 It's like you need a little Venn diagram where you can have what you yes. love, what the readers <laughs> love, and what the market wants, you know, like all yeah. together. If you can find that sweet spot, then. Exactly. And that's yeah. where a lot of people, you know, they talk about writing to market. It's, um, yeah. Find that that spot. And it's hard to do. I mean, it's not a. It's very hard to do, and that sweet spot doesn't guarantee you success. That's no, the yeah, thing. Not, yeah, there's there know, are no guarantees. We've learned yes, that. there are no guarantees. Yeah. 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 Well, so when you made the move into more thrillers, was that kind of when this happened? Like you switched from romance to thrillers, more to be more on target with what you thought readers would want from you, or how did that work? 
Yeah. So, I mean, in the beginning, I like, I enjoyed reading romance. Mm -hmm. Um, And in the beginning, I actually kind of started out in young adult sort of dystopian romance. I was sort of Mm -hmm. out of the time. I was playing around and I wrote it and it was fun. And then I kind of moved into more contemporary, but like I I mentioned, I just, it wasn't really where my heart was. And I think Mm -hmm. the stuff I enjoyed reading in contemporary romance was just not necessarily, it, it was very niche. Right. And so it wasn't the stuff that was going to translate necessarily. So I found that I really enjoyed writing suspense. And so I tried out romantic suspense and I had a lot of fun with that. But again, it came down to, I wasn't always following the rules of romance. And so I had to make a choice. Do I want to be able to play fast and loose with with some of those tropes that I can do in the thriller space Mm -hmm. or really pay attention to the tropes and do more of that? And I really found that at the end of the day, I wanted to write, I wanted to focus more on the mystery or the thriller aspect with just sort of a romantic subplot. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, and to this day, I mean, even though I, I write, like, you know, mystery thrillers now, I always have a little romantic subplot somewhere mm-hmm, there because mm-hmm. I think it adds a nice little layer, you know. Oh, yeah. It does. It does. It and can, to the story. So, yeah. I mean, you can cre- create a lot of conflict. Absolutely. Even, yes. You know, with that. So, yeah. the love interest may turn out to be a serial killer. Exactly. Like that, but, you know, but it's still fun, right? As so, they do. Yeah. So, yeah, so I found <laughs> that when I made that switch, when I kind of decided, I took, I took the books I already had and I really just changed them. I re-edited them mm-hmm. so that the, and, and this was actually when I signed with my first agent, mm-hmm. that was part of the process is she had said, you know, the book's really great as a mystery, but you know, the, the romantic element, it's just not quite working. Like you have to kind of pick a lane. Mm-hmm. Um, I was straddling a little bit too much. So I left the sort of romantic storyline in there, but I just toned it down and made it less mm-hmm. of the main plot right focused on you know the mystery and then that's really when I found sort of my my groove mm-hmm. yeah that's, that's great, great. Yeah. yeah and readers love romance in like, in, in it that can be is it a series do you write in series or are they all I, I do write I write some standalones and some series I have a mix yeah so yes and they um, like the overarching you know yeah. and it's fun I have my thriller series there is a couple um throughout the series and it's fun because they go on these adventures they can break up yeah. they can get back together it's it's the b storyline but it's not mm-hmm. the main storyline so just kind of right. adds some flair to it yeah and that romance can really pull readers through a series like if can, even if it's a just a subplot they're like yes. they're interested in that so that's very good that's a good choice I think so um let's see if we like to ask, because we have a lot of people who are new writers starting out. So if you were new, we have a lot of listeners who are new writers. So if you were starting over today, what would you do differently? Like if your first book was coming out, would you do anything differently? Um, I would. I think that I would be a little braver um, in the beginning. I mean, I think we're all very shy in the beginning with our yeah. work, but I would be a little braver in putting my work out there and getting it in front of people before I published it, you know, getting... Mm-hmm. But I had a very small, and to this day, I'm still like this a little bit. Um, you know, it's it's a shyness thing. Very mm-hmm. small circle of people. I would, I even told that I was writing a book mm-hmm. in the beginning. I mean, I think there was like three people we even knew. Um, and I don't even think that it really registered to them until I came out and they're like, wait, you wrote a book? Um, so I, I just didn't talk about it. I wasn't brave that I was doing this thing. Um, I was really shy because I was so afraid of failure or judgment. Um, so I would tell, I would go back and, you know, tell my younger self, like, screw it, like, be proud of this thing that you're trying to build. Right. Um, and I would also ask more questions. You know, the, I had a little bit of a fixed mindset in my early years where I was afraid that if I didn't already know it, like people would think I was you know, stupid. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And especially going back to, you know, when I was talking about how I had an education in writing mm-hmm. and considered myself already a good writer, I felt like I couldn't ask questions because right. Wasn't I already supposed to know these things? Um, which is ridiculous because no one knew anything about any publishing no. in the beginning, right? Like it was, yeah. it was only a couple of years in when the, by the time I got around to it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, don't be afraid to ask questions. Um, network with other people who are also in the same space as you, mm-hmm. you know, find mentors and um, and be willing to fail a bit more and try new things. Like I was so afraid of failure in the beginning that it held yeah. me back. And it, it took me a few years before I could finally just like embrace the failure. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah, that's a I, hard point to get to, I think. It, is. Yeah, it really is. It is. And you were young. I mean, you were yeah. you know, in your late twenties. Yeah. I mean, that's still really young and, and it's hard to do that. Like I, I always say that 
I didn't start running until I was 50. And I, my husband and I agree on this. I couldn't have done it one day earlier because right. of my, my skin was not thick enough um, to, to do it, to, to be willing to be vulnerable and say, I don't know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody yeah. help me or whatever. But Claire Taylor talks about this uh, on this week's Selmore Book Show about just being willing to be bad at something so right. you can get better at it. And mm-hmm. I think that's so smart, but we don't, we don't think that way a lot so of the time. Yeah. It's so hard to say like, wow, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm terrible at this. Will you help me get better? Like, yeah. it's, oh, just, yeah. It's Especially really I think there were so many success stories in the early mm-hmm. days, you know, the mm-hmm. gold, the gold rush, I think they were mm-hmm. calling it that you saw these people that were just going in and making money left and right and in indie publishing. And you just thought, well, yeah, I can do that too. And mm-hmm. then you don't. And then you're just embarrassed that you're not. Yeah. yeah. But, so it's a mindset, you know, yeah. it's a mindset. It you know, is a like mindset. You when you're young, it is hard to have that no matter mm-hmm. what. It mm-hmm. takes most people a long time to get there. Yeah. <laughs> yes. yes, it is. Well, um, we wanted to talk to you about, so you had a series that was doing really well mm-hmm. and you decided to sell it to a publisher, correct? It did. And why did, why did you make that choice? Let's start there. Um, well, at the time, um, I thought it had more potential than I could give it. Mm-hmm. Um, I had not yet gone into audio with it. And mm-hmm. I, I had sort of had, I had had people come to me like, are you going to go um, international with it? Mm-hmm. It's sort of an international crime thriller series. Mm-hmm. So, um, I saw bigger potential that mm-hmm. I just didn't really know where to go with it next. And mm-hmm. um, I had been, and then I was approached um, mm-hmm. by somebody who thought that it would be a good fit for this imprint that they were starting that was focused on thrillers specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, and so after some discussions and conversations with people, I thought I was willing to give it a shot and mm-hmm. see if um, they could do more with it than I could. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I was also at the time, um, my daughter had just been born. Yeah. So she was really young. I had taken almost a year off from, from mm-hmm. kind of work on a maternity leave. Um, because I had her in the middle of the pandemic it was, mm-hmm. and we had just moved to Tennessee. And so I, I was a little overwhelmed with things mm-hmm. at the time. And I thought mm-hmm. if somebody wants to do some work for me, that sounds yeah. good. <laughs> yeah. I'm willing to let them, wonderful. I'm willing to let them, let them do that. So yeah. I, um, I signed over the series mm-hmm. um, for, you know, good, uh, good royalty share and, and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, ultimately I took this, the rights back. Um, yes. it, it wasn't really, this goes back to what I was saying about marketing. Um, mm-hmm. The things that they really believed they could do for me in the end, they just couldn't like mm-hmm. the successes they had had with other books that were similar. They just didn't replicate it. And mm-hmm. um, after a year, just, we just really weren't seeing the results. And I thought I can do, you know, it wasn't really in an improvement over what I was mm-hmm. doing myself. Right. So, um, the split was very amicable, a very generous, you know, there was no fight on either side. Um, mm-hmm. and so I was grateful for that, yeah. but, um, yeah. And I think it goes back to just, there are a lot of like, even in the traditional space, like a lot of books that sign with big publishers or little publishers, they fail. Mm-hmm. It's just mm-hmm. it's so hard to market. You don't know. Yeah. Um, cause what's selling, it's like, I think what, you know, I think a lot of what might've happened, which what was selling then when we first had the agreement, by right. the time we actually got around to like putting the books out and republishing mm-hmm. them, it wasn't that trendy anymore. Yeah. And yeah. So it's like, you know, yeah. didn't really do anything. So yeah. it, was, it was an interesting experience and a lesson. Right. Um, right. I read it because I, I actually had a really great experience working with their developmental editors. Mm-hmm. Um, we had really good high touch one-on-one you know, they helped me improve the books mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and it was great. You know, I don't, mm-hmm. so I think I was a really great learning experience. Um, yeah. Just, yeah. In the end, it was better to take it back. Right. So how and long see, I don't see that. If, oh, sorry. Oh, I'm going to say, I don't see that as a fail at all. I just see yeah. that as, yeah, a pivot in. You try something and it exactly it doesn't mm-hmm. go the way you think. And so you just, you know, try yeah. something else. Right. Yeah. I agree. So when, yeah. I'm just curious, like when, how long was it from when you signed with them until the books came out? Was it like about uh, a year, maybe? No, not quite. It was like six okay. months. No, yeah. it, wasn't, it wasn't terribly long because yeah. the books had been written, of course. So right. we went through a, a deep, deep editing um, and sort of marketing plan. 
and it came out originally just digitally. So there wasn't, you know, so, so it was fairly fast to launch, but I just think, you know, this industry changes quickly mm-hmm. and, you know, yeah. it's, it's, yeah. So they had, they had it in total a year and then, or so, year, year and a half. so was it written in your contract that you could get the rights back or did you just say, Hey, listen, this isn't working, which um, I think is either way is yeah, we a very have, good lesson for people. Yes, it was written. Um, there was a fairly generous take back clause already. Okay. It wasn't quite that fast. I think right. I want to say the original contract was three years uh, um, and it had some certain, you know, certain language, like mm-hmm. after so many years, it wasn't selling X amount or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd had, you know, I had legal look at it and everything and it was very fair. Um, mm-hmm. But I went to them prematurely and just said, Hey, like this is really mm-hmm. working. And I, you know, do you really want to be putting resources in? Cause I had had an, I had another book that I was supposed to give them. Mm-hmm. And I said, before we go through this whole thing, mm-hmm. like, let's just look at the sales. It's just not really working. Do you really want to put any more time and energy into this series? Mm-hmm. Either? Mm-hmm. It was sort of, so it was kind of a mutual thing. That we yeah. Loved. Yeah. yeah. But I love that you did that. I love that you didn't just go, well, it's kind of that thing where you're like, well, let's, if I just hang on a little bit longer, right. maybe, you know, you were proactive and you, you took control of your career and your books. And yeah. I just, I think that's so admirable and it's hard to do and it's hard for women to do. So it's hard for women to do, especially when your publishers are male. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And I, you know, because I do think it is hard to, it's like going back to that admitting failure thing. Mm-hmm. And, and like you said, I don't, I don't see it as a failure. I see mm-hmm. it as just trying something. Um, mm-hmm. But it is sometimes it feels like that it's admitting mm-hmm. something you chose to do didn't really work out. That can right. be a challenge. Mm-hmm. And especially, like you said, especially for women. Um, yeah. Yeah. But it took me years to get to a point where I was willing to do that. Probably five years, five or six years ago, I might have just let it sit there and been like, mm-hmm. I have a publishing deal. Like, yeah. 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 <laughs> right. And how have the books done since you've got them back? Have you republished them and everything? Um, I have. Yes, I have. And um, luckily it went really smoothly with Amazon. There, you know, okay. there was some, a little bit of complications and, and getting everything transferred back over. And, yeah. um, but luckily it worked out pretty well. And then, yeah. And then they kind of just picked up where they left off from. I mean, it was a little slow to start because I had to mm-hmm. kind of do everything, but um, luckily it just sort of picked back up. So that was nice. That's <laughs> yeah. awesome. Yeah. And are, are you still writing that series? Um, I do have one, one final book to write. Um, mm-hmm. I've been just, ugh, I know readers hate it when you do this, right. But I've been just all these kind of other projects that have come up and that mm-hmm. last book is just like, it's almost done. I just haven't quite yeah. finished mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's great though, that you've been able to continue it to get them back, right. relaunch it and continue the series. I think that's yeah. great. Right. Mm-hmm. So thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I guess um, one other thing I wanted to talk about, because I think we have a lot of listeners who find them who are in this same position is writing with a small child. Mm. Like I know that. Yeah. You can see my face. On yeah. <laughs> So the podcast you know, I, I don't have small children. Yeah, I don't <laughs> have anyone at home. So, like, tell us how you've balanced that, or the challenges of balancing that. A lot of martinis. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Well, so you know, the beginning, the first year, I had, a, and what I wish I had known, parenting. Um, mm-hmm. I had a lot of visions that, you know, she was going to be born and she would just sleep in the sling and I would write and it was so romantic. Um, and yeah, if you've ever had a small child at home. Yeah. Um, no, that never happens. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, she was born during the pandemic, the heart mm-hmm. of the pandemic, like July, 2020. Yeah. So things were definitely a li- crazier than normal, crazier yeah. than that, yeah. maybe a different situation. So, um, it was very, we didn't have any help in the beginning. Mm-hmm. So it took us like a year before we could even have anyone come in and babysit her mm-hmm. because of everything. So it was very, I tried to write in the beginning. It was very evident early on that until we could get some help, I just wasn't going to be able to give any time right. to writing, um, right. because sleeping and there's just no one to watch her. Mm-hmm. So I kind of made the decision that I was just going to take a year off. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I still dabbled a little when I could, but I didn't, mm-hmm. I just didn't have the energy for it. Um, right. and then we, we moved to Tennessee, um, when mm-hmm. she was about nine months old mm-hmm. and we finally, when she was about a year, got some part-time help. Um, and I was able to kind of get back into it. Mm-hmm. Um, but even now she goes to preschool mm-hmm. during the day, 
Mm-hmm. But it is still a challenge um, because it's, you know, sleep, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. the mm-hmm. mental energy to just yeah. sit down and create yeah. is really challenging. Um, mm-hmm. they're, they're un, you know, it's unpredictable, right? Like mm-hmm. this morning we had a weather delay. So mm-hmm. like two hours before I could bring her to school. So that's yeah. just two hours that I don't get to write. Mm-hmm. Or work. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so I think that you have to have some grace with yourself and know that mm-hmm. it is a really challenging phase of life. Right. Anyone tells yeah. me it gets easier. I think they might be lying, but <laughs> uh, toddlers are probably, this is probably the most challenging age. Oh right? yeah. There's yeah. nothing more sterile than a three-year-old. So, right. Yeah, like yeah. it's or two and a half year old. Yeah. Yeah. Can't leave them alone for 30 seconds. No, um, no. So having some grace with myself, just knowing that it won't be like this forever. Yeah. Um, and that even if I can only just write a few hundred words that day, you know, I have to just pat myself on the back for accomplishing that. Yes. Um, I try hard to separate out my time. Um, it helps me be a better mother and a better writer that if I'm with her, just be with her and try not to, because if it took me a while where I was lamenting, not being able to write, right. I was with the baby and, and I love my baby, but Mm -hmm. I was getting so like, Oh, I just wish I was writing right now. Mm -hmm. When I gave Mm -hmm. myself permission to just be a mom in those moments and be present mm-hmm. with her. It, it allowed my, the time I did get to write to be more productive. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. So um, it's, it's hard. I wish I had the magic answer of how you mm-hmm. balance it. I mean, we're lucky that she's been able to go to preschool. Mm-hmm. That does give me some time back in my day. Um, I've learned to write on the road, uh, dictate in the car on my phone. Um, I, you know, I'll take her to school and then dry, on the drive back, I'm dictating into my phone. And I actually wrote about 40,000 words, just driving her to and from preschool. Dictating. Oh, wow. That's great. <laughs> I taught myself to do it because I'm like, I don't have time to mm-hmm. do what I used to. Um, yeah. cause there's also just the, the other things like toddlers are just messy. The house mm-hmm. is always a disaster. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. there's always laundry to do and groceries. <laughs> yeah. like, how am I doing laundry every day? Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. So all of a sudden you just have a lot less time overall. Um, yeah. Yeah. If yeah. I figure it out, I'll write a book about it. Yeah. Okay. Good. There you go. But yeah. I think those are good things. I think those are good things for our listeners to hear that have kids, you know, just yeah. giving yourself grace. It's not yeah. always going to be this way. So yeah. 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 And it does and, get easier. Channel it. Channel the energy into yeah. your yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, what do you think? Does, oh, go ahead, Sarah. Oh, I was going to yeah. say, it does get easier. You're not like so exhausted. I think mm-hmm. you're maybe a little bit older, but the challenges just change. But I think that's sort of with <laughs> everything, you know, no matter what <laughs> stage of life we're in, we, we're going to have something going on. So yes, I think that's true too. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's true whether you're a parent or not. I mean, people, yeah. life, life is just not smooth, right? Life. No, it is not. There's always it something. Yeah, there is just always something. It doesn't matter. Like right now, my uh, dog is at the groomer and they have called me and I'm thinking, I wonder why they're calling so early. Did he act a fool? And they're telling me they're always calling to say he's humping people or not people, other dogs. (laughs) I'm just avoiding calling them back. So let's talk more. Uh, (laughs) But tell us what you think the best thing you've done to set yourself up for success has been. I think it's um, building a network of other writers and professionals um, for a few reasons. You know, one, the the connections are what can help you get ahead. I mean, like Mm -hmm. any business, networking matters, I think. Mm -hmm. They can introduce you to people. And then just Mm -hmm. having that support. Um, No one understands a writer like another writer. It's It's such a strange industry to be in. It's so nuanced. It and I think your, even your most supportive friends and family at a certain point don't really mm-hmm. understand it. Um, mm-hmm. And so I found as I've gotten older and more immersed in this career that when I make new friends, they tend to be other you know, publishing professionals mm-hmm. because they're just mm-hmm. people that get what I do day in and day out. Yeah. Um, and they're there to support you. You know, yeah. no one understands is the pain of a rejection or a failed book launch, like someone mm-hmm. who's been through it. So they're, exactly. They're there for you. Um, and my, my, my network through the conference that I work, that I work for um, has been just amazing. Like I've met people from all walks of the industry, you know, from the vendors to, to agents and editors and, you know, mm-hmm. from the big fives to just other indies. And um, it's just, 
it's such a dynamic and changing, ever changing industry that you never know where the next opportunity is or the next, right. you know, just an exciting thing you might get involved in. And so right. building a network of people has been really valuable to me. Yeah. And by the same token, nobody understands your success yes. better than another right. author. They know how hard it is. So it's it's, true. you have someone you can actually celebrate with that really understands. Yeah. And yes. I think that's awesome. Right. Yeah. I make it sound like it's all failure. It's not. No. It's, <laughs> but, and, it's, and it's true. Um, you know, my, my best friend, her name is also Amanda. She um, is another writer and we're going through a lot of the same things at the same time. Mm-hmm. And so that, you know, we both have some books out on submission. We both have yeah. indie books. We're, you know, so we were feeling those ups and downs, those successes together and, mm-hmm. and everyone else kind of gets it like in, mm-hmm. the, in the trenches doing the same thing. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yep. Yep. Your family loves you, but there's yes. a point where they're like, they really, <laughs> their eyes begin to glaze over. You know, when you start talking about colors mm-hmm. and fonts on covers and things and character quirks right. and stuff, they're like, hmm. it just downloaded lemon milk font. It's the best thing. And they're like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, what language are you speaking? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, uh, well, this has been great talking it to you. Has. It's been really interesting to mm-hmm. hear the perspective about the uh, publisher getting the rights back and everything. Mm-hmm. We just had somebody else on last week who had done this as well. So mm-hmm. it's good mm-hmm. to get different perspectives. Yeah. So um, tell everybody where they can find out more about you and your books. Absolutely. Um, thank you again for having me. It's been wonderful. Sure. You can um, you can go to my website, which is just amandatrailer.com and you can find out you know all about just my books and me. Or if you want to engage, um, I'm most active on Instagram at at Amanda Trailer Author, um, and you'll find a lot of um, pictures of martinis and me being silly and uh, having fun. Um, and I am on TikTok also at Amanda Trailer Author. So and you feel free to reach out and connect. So I love talking with with people. I love talking with readers and writers. So. That's right. Cool. That's right. Very good. Very good. Well, that is fantastic. And we'll have those links in the show notes at wishidknownthenpodcast.com. And thanks to everyone for listening. Thanks to Alexa Larberg for editing and producing the podcast and to Adriel Wiggins for doing the admin. See you all next week. Thank Bye. You so much. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Wish I'd Known Then podcast. We hope this episode inspired you, empowered you, and made you laugh a little bit too. If you loved it, tell your friends about it. And if you feel so inclined, leave us a review. We look forward to being with you again next week.